Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. to most of you and good morning to some of you and uh, I really look forward to be with you tonight and to minister the word that I received from the Lord earlier in the week as I have mentioned to you in my text message a few days ago that while I was on the mountain, I, I do go up the mountain every morning and I use that time to also pray and meditate and listen to the Lord. So as I was up on the mountain listening to the Lord, he began to minister to me on the value and the, tr and the importance of establishing the right priorities in our everyday life. The Spirit highlighted a certain scripture from the epistle that Paul wrote to his spiritual son, Timothy, giving him sound advice and instructions on how to conduct himself in this present life. I want us to have a look at that scripture together. It's 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4 and I am reading from the New King James Version. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Among other things, the apostle writes to Timothy and he says, You therefore must endure hardship as the good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Now, the word entangled caught my attention. The Spirit of God highlighted that word, and he began to minister to me on the condition and the state of many believers within the household of God in our day. The word entangled also means to be ensnared or taken into a trap. Paul says to Timothy that as a soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ and his kingdom, he must avoid getting entangled or ensnared with the affairs of this life so that he doesn't get distracted from his purpose and what is really important in his life. And the Spirit of God began to address this entanglement that many find themselves in today by being swallowed up by the pulls, the needs, and often legitimate demands and necessities of this present life. And I'm sure many of us can identify with that, the tremendous pressure that is put upon us 
concerning our daily needs and very often legitimate demands of this present life. As a result of this pressure, many are ensnared and distracted from seeking first the kingdom of God and what is right in God's sight. They are distracted from the purpose in the Lord and, of course, the eternal rewards which God promises to those who pursue the will of God and the interests of the kingdom of God. In other words, what the Spirit was showing me is that for many of us, the affairs of this life, have taken a higher priority and have become more important than the affairs of the kingdom of God. Remember what Jesus said in in Mark's Gospel, chapter 4. Among other things, he said that the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things, when they enter the heart we become unfruitful in the kingdom of God. In other words, we are of no use to the kingdom. The word becomes unfruitful. It is being choked by the cares, the worries, the desires for other things, and often the deceitfulness of riches. Jesus, though, gave us a way out of this rat race. He gave us a way out of this entanglement by focusing on what is really important in life and by keeping our eyes and our focus on the things which are above. In other words, the things of the kingdom of God. He's teaching in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus emphasizes the blessing and the benefits of having our priorities in the right order according to the will of God. And I want us to take a look at these few verses from Jesus' teaching in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through to 34. Jesus is teaching us about this very thing, the necessities of life, the needs that we have. He goes on to say, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubic to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? 
For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now, in these passages of scripture we just read, Jesus is emphasizing the futility of being anxious, worried, overly concerned about our daily needs and the necessities of life. And he concludes his teaching by saying that if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all of these things that we need will be added to us. Jesus is showing us here how we can avoid the trap of being entangled with the affairs of this life by emphasizing the principle of priorities. We need to have our priorities in the right order. When our priorities are in order, we are at peace with God, we are at peace with ourselves, and we are at peace with one another. If we put, he says, the interests of the kingdom of God first and above all, all of the things that we require in life will be added to us, even the things we desire. Now, this includes spiritual, emotional, physical, and financial needs. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. In other words, when we find our pleasure and our joy in the Lord by serving him and doing his will, he will give us not just our needs, but also our very desires, the desires of our heart. And this kind of living eliminates worry, anxiety, stress, and of course, the fear for the future. When we align ourselves with God's divine order of priorities, I believe that God gets involved in our everyday living. God's divine order requires us, if we're going to have the priorities in order, he requires us to shift our focus from the things that are on the earth to the things of the kingdom which are above. In other words, we must lift our sight above the physical, natural things and put our focus on the things which are eternal and are of real value in the eyes of God. And Paul, writing to the church in Colossians, says to them exactly that. Take a look at Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. I'm going to read it from the New King James Version, and I'm also going to read it from the Passion Translation. This is an instruction to the believers of the New Testament. This is an instruction to you and I today. 
It is like Paul is writing this letter to us this evening or this morning. And this is what he's telling us. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. The Passion Translation says it this way. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all of the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of this natural realm. That's a beautiful way of putting it. In order to make this transition, to lift our focus from above, from beneath to the things which are above, we need to change our thought life. And that's what true repentance is. Change the way we think. Why do I say that? Our thoughts are the key that brings the right balance between the two worlds that we live in, the spiritual and the natural. If our minds are constantly renewed according to the will of God and the mind of the Spirit, we will be pursuing or having priority the plans and the purposes of God which are above. As we do that day by day, we will find that our Heavenly Father will get involved in providing our daily needs here on earth without us having to stress and worry about them. In other words, the favor of God and the blessing of God will accompany us because we have our priorities in the right order. Many years ago, to be exact, about 38 years, when the Lord called me into his ministry, I had to make certain changes and, and, and of changes in the way I thought, in the way I viewed life, and I had to adjust, not just myself, but my entire family. And when the Lord called me into the ministry, I knew that I had to walk away from running my own business as we did with my wife, and I needed to devote myself fully to the preaching of the gospel. Well, when I asked the Lord, how will I take care of my young family if I'm going to devote all of my time to the work of the ministry, how am I going to financially take care of three young kids and a wife? And that was... Uh, that was many years ago, 38 years ago. Our kids were still young. They were going to school. And the Lord said these words to me. I will never forget. He said, son, as you take care of my house, I will take care of your house. As you focus 
on taking care of my sheep and preaching the gospel and doing that which I have called you to do, I will take care of your household. Well, 38 years have come and gone, and the Lord has been faithful to his word, and um, he's been taking care of my family, as well as all the needs of this ministry. In fact, I've been taken care of by the Lord far better being in the ministry than owning my own business. And I have found that to be true. I have found that when the man of the house, listen carefully, men, fathers, husbands, when the man of the house leads and governs his family, according to the will of God, that is seeking first the kingdom of God and the interests of the kingdom, the entire family unit is blessed by the Lord. The family is taken care of both emotionally as well as physically and financially. Now, straying from the will of God for the believer or prioritizing other things brings untold suffering, I believe, and turmoil within the structure of the family. And it can even lead to premature death. Listen to me, men. We have a responsibility before God and before our families to seek the Lord earnestly and sincerely in order to discover and embrace wholeheartedly the purposes of God for our family. And that responsibility rests solely on the shoulders of the men, the husbands, and the fathers of the family. Unfortunately, it's not the norm in our days. From my experience as a pastor for many years, I have observed that many in the house of God leave that responsibility to their wives to pray and to seek God on behalf of the family. Many men are not even interested when it comes to spiritual things, and that is not the way God intended it to be. Men and brethren, we need to come to terms with the will of God for our lives as well as our family. God calls our entire families to serve him and walk in his ways. So seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness means that we seek God diligently and earnestly to find out how we can best serve the interests of the kingdom of God with the gifts, with the talents, and with the time God is giving us. For me and my family, it was the ministry. And as a result, we as a family needed to make some changes in our way of life. There were not easy changes, but with God's grace, they were made possible. And the transition was smooth as natural. The changes came as a result of my change of mind. I communicated those thoughts, the intents and the purposes of God to our family, to
to my wife, first of all, and our children when they were old enough to understand. And I led them accordingly. And I would not compromise that for anything in the world. We began to align ourselves with the will and the mind of the spirit. And as our thoughts were filled with God's purpose, God's plans for our life, the transition came naturally and with ease. And at times it seemed impossible living in Zimbabwe, immigrating from Zimbabwe, which was not an easy thing to do at that time. We found that God went ahead of us. He prepared the way before us. We were helped to make the transition with supernatural favor and strength. And I believe God does the same with all who desire to put the interests of his kingdom first. If you seek it diligently and wholeheartedly, he will show you the way, he will give you wisdom, how to do it, but he will not force you to walk in his way. That will be your choice and your choice alone. We need to ask ourselves several questions, and here are a few. And we need to be honest as we search our hearts. Where is our passion? What do we long more than anything else? What are our thoughts primarily occupied with from day to day? Are we preoccupied with fulfilling the will and the purpose of God for our life and through our faith use whatever God has given us to extend the influence of his kingdom? Or are we primarily preoccupied with our own plans and our own comfort? Are we certain as you search your heart this evening or this morning, are we certain that we are in the will of God devoted to seeking first the kingdom or are we primarily preoccupied with the things of this world? Do we have peace within us? The peace that assures us that we are on the right track, for example, or are we in turmoil? or with feelings of being unfulfilled and even depressed? These are questions that we must answer for ourselves and I believe for our conscious sake. The Lord is merciful, he's full of grace, and if we approach him with a sincere and a humble heart, either he will reassure us and give us his peace, or I believe he will gently convict us that we have been distracted from what is really important in our lives. When Moses realized who he was, his whole attitude and his whole manner of life changed by the choices he made. There came a day in Moses' life that he realized that he was not an Egyptian but a Hebrew. And he realized that he had a divine call on his life, a divine purpose, a destiny that awaited for him outside of being the prince of Egypt. 
looking at his life and the choices he made, we realize that spiritual maturity leads us into a whole new world of self-discovery. When we find ourselves, I believe in the Lord, and when we come to terms with the calling of God in our life, we become genuine, we become authentic in our everyday life. In other words, we live life with precision and accuracy rather than experimenting. We know why we're here, we know where we've come from, and we know where we're going. We are happy to be who God created us to be. We are happy to do whatever God created us to do. And that kind of living, I believe, takes the sweat, the striving, the worry, and the stress out of our life and out of our work. In other words, our search for meaning, security, significance in life will stop as we come into a place of rest. And that's how God wants us to live life, from a place of rest. Our insecurities and our fears begin to give away to renewed confidence and courage in the Lord. We no longer strive to become somebody because we realize that we are already somebody. You know, the word of God says in Colossians 2, verse 10, you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. In Christ, we lack nothing. We have all that we need and we have all that we ever want. Completeness. And this sense of completeness fills our hearts and we live life from a place of blessing rather than striving to be blessed. Now, these are some of the evidence of being a mature disciple of Christ and of someone who is seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And it all comes down to this one commandment from our Lord Jesus. Just take this one commandment alone. Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In other words, what's right in his own sight. It's all a matter of priorities. Putting first things first. What's more important in our life? Is it not our relationship with Jesus? Of course it is. Everything else will remain here. Whatever we do, whatever we build is going to stay behind. But what we will take with us is our intimacy, our relationship with Christ, and what we've done for Christ. In conclusion, I want us to take a look in the book of Haggai. And see how the Lord feels about confusing priorities and placing other things above the interests of his kingdom. Turn with me to Haggai chapter 1, and we're going to read from verse 3. I'm reading from the Amplified Translation. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, 
Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house of the Lord rises in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways and set your mind on what has come to you. You have sown much, but you have reaped little. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you do not have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages has earned them to put them in a bag with holes in it. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways, your previous and present conduct, and how you have fared, and go up to the hill country and bring lumber and rebuild my house, and I will take pleasure in it. And I will be glorified, says the Lord, by accepting it as done for my glory and by displaying my glory in it. You looked for much harvest, and behold, it came to little. And even when you brought that home, I blew it away. Why? Says the Lord of hosts. Because of my house, which lies waste while you yourselves run each man to his own house, eager to build and adorn. Therefore the heavens above you for your sake withhold the dew and the earth withholds its produce. And I have called for a drought upon the land and the hill country, upon the grain, the fresh wine, the oil, upon what the ground brings forth and upon men and cattle and upon all the wearisome toil of man's hands. That's a very hard word that the prophet Haggai brought to the people of God during that time. He says to them, you invested your lives in your own interests by building first and taking care of your own houses, of your own interests, but at the expense of building my house. As a result of that, because they confused the priorities, they suffered the consequences by not focusing on what God wanted them to focus on at that particular time. In other words, they were saying, it's not time to build God's house now. We leave it for later. We go to attend to our own house first. And they turned the priorities upside down. And as a result, you've heard what we've just read. They suffered. They suffered lack. They suffered want. They were not warmed, even though they were clothed. They sold much, but they only reaped little. And God says to them, I want you to stop and consider your ways. Take a good look and consider your ways. Why? Because God was giving them an opportunity to repent and change the way they think, which of course would result in their actions. And if you read further in the book of Haggai, thank God they gave heed to the prophetic voice and they repented and they came together and they started building the temple of the Lord. Now, the same thing I believe can happen to us today 
if we confuse and misplace our priorities, and instead of seeking first the kingdom of God and what is right in God's eyes, we invest our lives in chasing and running after our own dreams, our own plans, our own comfort, at the expense of doing what God has called us to do. Now, the temple of God, of course, is the church, the house of God. That's, that's the temple of God today. If we bring it into New Testament language, God is very concerned about his church. God is concerned about his house. God is concerned about each and every one of us. And he's asking us or telling us to put priority first on his church, on the interests of his house, how to take care of one another, how to minister one another, how to encourage and pray for one another, how to reach out and share our faith with others and hopefully attract them into the kingdom of God. That ought to be our priority. We get up in the morning, we go to work, but in the back of our mind, we have this, this understanding that I'm a soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am engaged in spiritual warfare, and wherever I go, I need to shine in my attitude, in my words, in my thought life, the way I live life, so that I can communicate the love of God, the kindness of God, the mercy of God, the forgiveness of God to all those around. That's my priority. That's my assignment in life. So don't confuse your work with your assignment. On the issue of priorities, Matthew records an episode of a certain disciple who wanted to follow Jesus. But take note. He said that he needed to attend to his father's burial first. Imagine that. His father died. He needed to go to the funeral, but he also wanted to follow Jesus. Notice what Jesus said to him in Matthew 8, verse 21 and 22. He said, that disciple said, Lord, let me first Go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. You see here, Jesus is emphasizing the principle of priorities. He comes first. He made it clear to all those who wanted to follow him that he is Lord of all. Anything or anyone, including wife, children, father, mother, must give way to the Lordship of Jesus. Do you see that? From my experience over the many years of shepherding God's people, I have observed that many, many dear children of God would love to serve the Lord only if he does not clash with the plans. I want you to listen this carefully. In other words, they want to serve the Lord, 
but only on their own terms. If it doesn't inconvenience them, if it's beneficial and profitable for them, or if it's comfortable. Are you still out there? My friends, that kind of Christianity does not exist in the Bible. Only in the culture of today's Christianity. If that is our attitude, we need to repent and begin to give the Lord the rightful, honorable place in our lives. The gospel of the kingdom cannot be compromised. Just because we've lowered the standards, we've changed its values in many, many circles of the church in order to attract the crowds, it doesn't mean that God changed his. And I believe we're sitting today with many, many people in the church who shouldn't be in the church because they're not willing to pay the price. Take up the cross and follow me. Hello? In many circles of the church today, the gospel that is preached from the pulpits is a humanistic, Self-centered gospel has no repentance, no self-denial, no sacrifice, no suffering, and no inconvenience. I will serve the Lord if it suits me. Hello? If it's not inconvenient, or if I don't have anything better to do. So many times we put family members above the Lord. We put other things and give them priority above the Lord's kingdom and the Lord's will and the Lord's way of doing things. And we are not communicating the example of being disciples of Jesus who honor the Lord at all costs. And today, Deception is running rampant within the house of God. And many are deceived by this false gospel. Paul writes to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn the ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. My brother, my sister, the time has already come. It is here. When people are turning away from sound doctrine, choosing ministries and preachers that reinforce the beliefs rather than giving honor to the uncompromised word of the living God. It's a fact. Can you say amen? 
And this is not an easy word to preach. But the Lord really ministered to my heart, touched my heart, convicted me about this issue of priorities. Is he the Lord of all? If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. And the question we must ask ourselves tonight on this, who is running my life? Who's the one in charge? Who do I bow before? My own will, opinions, or the Lord's word at any cost, even if it costs me to obey God. And sometimes it's going to cost. Sometimes it's a sacrifice. It's not always easy. It's not always profitable. In the end, will be profitable. But at the moment, it may not seem profitable to serve the Lord or to do what he commands us to do. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.